is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on the Blitz, it is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes here on a Monday afternoon, breaking it all down for you as we always do the day after the Combine closed down in Indianapolis, Indiana. And who better to join us to talk all things Steelers, Combine, free agency, draft, than our good friend of the show, our good friend in real life, one-third of the Migos. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Carter of the Locked on Steelers podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI, here on SNR. CC, what's up, cousin? How we doing? What's up, brother? How y'all doing? I'm up. Come on, oh, man. You know it's always good to see you, man. Well, we get to see you. Everybody else gets to hear you, but it's always good to see you, man. You know that. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. It's always a pleasure to be here on SNR chatting up the Steelers with, with my boys. Chris, before we uh, hit the record button here, you had a little bit of a uh, passionate take. So let me ask oh, you, for the, for the people out there, I mean, should the Steelers push all the chips to the center of the table, go all in and try and acquire Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on, Chris. This is I mean, clearly the answer to all of our problems, if we right? Don't, if we don't, you're essentially throwing away the season. That's kind of how I view it. So you share that same sentiment, right? No! <laughs> look, at, look at you guys. You can hear, if you're listening to the show, you can hear Moats laughing in the back. He's cracking <laughs> up. He can't even sit up straight. As he as he say these things says these things to me. Listen, I am. I, I, I want to clarify this because this conversation it's like it's like the if you watched Loki, you, you know when all the timelines <laughs> start to branch out and it goes to me. That's where this conversation starts to go because people can't stick on stick to one thing. Okay, first and foremost, let me get this out of the way. I am not saying, and the reason that West knows I'm so passionate is because I, I'm dealing with just idiot fans who don't understand basic conversation and following logic. When I'm what I'm I am not saying that if the Steelers wouldn't be better with Aaron Rodgers over someone else. I am not saying that for next year. What I am saying is that the the trajectory that they are on to rebuild to get back to being one of the best rosters composed in the NFL if they traded to get Aaron Rodgers, it will take multiple firsts, it will probably take more draft picks and maybe even a player. And I was talking to a guy who covers the Packers about this, and he's like, Chris, the Packers ain't giving up less, giving up for less than two firsts and extra picks on top of that. You're, t- you're talking about mortgaging everything for the future, giving up a significant part of that salary cap that, you, that you're so happy to have finally opened up for a guy who's 38, will be 39 this year, and hasn't been to the Super Bowl since he beat you in it in 2010. And and someone said, oh, well, he he's carried them. And he, I'm like, yes, he's absolutely been the best player in the Packers. He's absolutely part of that. But someone said, oh, he has, he's one of the greatest playoff quarterbacks of all time. And I'm like, he's 12 and 10 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the last time the last time that he scored 30, like, 30 points in a losing effort was 2013. So it's not like he's been lighting mm-hmm. it up. And again, he lost at home to Jimmy Garoppolo when the snow was coming down in the, the Lambeauest of Lambeau fields. And he couldn't throw a single touchdown to help his team overcome. They lost because the special teams gave up what a block punt or something like this was, this was the year to, for him to, to, to prove like, Hey, all I needed was for everything to line up to have one of the best receivers in football. One of the, you know, a really good one, two punch in, at, the, at the backfield, a really good offensive line, a really good defense that's loaded and healthy. And you still didn't get it done. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers can't ever get it done, but I'm saying that Steelers fans, you are, you are building a potentially great defense for the foreseeable future, for not just next year or the year after, but five, six years down the line, 
you have a chance to have a, one of the one of those units that's been around for so long and that everyone's going to fear and respect. And by that time, you'll probably have still have Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, one of these receivers, maybe some other guys you've drafted. Your offensive line can be better, and you can build to that. But if you trade Aaron Rod, trade for Aaron Rodgers right now, you give up the, the the big chunk of money that you can spend on the free agents to help your, your your team continue to build. You give up all the draft picks. You're gonna have to push your push your draft hopes down three years down the line. And you're just setting yourself back. Why do it when you know that this year ain't the year that a court, you're a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl? Now, my question to you, though, Chris, is this, right? Because we do have a lot of people that feel with a TJ Watt, with a Cam Hayward, with a Chase Claypool, and obviously a Deontay Johnson and Najee, that, hey, man, if you have a force multiplier like Aaron Rodgers, that could change it. My question to you is, the potential to win a Super Bowl either this year or next year, granted, we don't think it's as high as it would be, even if Aaron Rodgers was here. Is that worth it to you versus having all these other pieces that we talked about, bringing in all this other talent, but watching Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins go out there and guys potentially being pulling their hair out because it's like, man, we got all this, but we don't have this quarterback right now. To you, would that be worth it? Uh, to me, no, because here's here's the whole thing behind that is that Mason, because it's not just going to be Mason or Dwayne. They're probably going to draft somebody and they're probably going to sign somebody. I mean, Kevin Colbert has said we're bringing four mm. arms to camp. So you're going to have that competition. You're also not going to ask them to do a lot. The exact model that just crushed Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs and has beaten him in the playoffs two of the last three years, the San Francisco 49ers, you can achieve. With the players that you have on your roster, the salary cap that space that you have, and the draft picks that are going to be available to you. You can build a great defense, a stronger offensive line with a really talented backfield that's going to allow you to, to say, hey, we're going to grind games out. Now, now, can- now, Chris, wait a minute now, Chris. Okay. You know, it's, it's one, <laughs> one significant difference between what the Niners have and what the Pittsburgh Steelers currently have. His name, is Kyle Shanahan. No, okay. his name is Kyle okay. Shanahan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I do feel like Kyle Shanahan is a lot more proven to be able to operate like that than what we currently have. That's the only, that's my only hiccup. It's, it's like, I love, I love that idea. I share that sentiment, but that's where I get stuck in a sense because like I said, Matt Kennedy, he just hasn't proven that just yet that he can get it done at the NFL level, that he can make his offense be productive with the piece that he has. We saw that with Ben where at times it looked like they just didn't fit. And my only concern is, are we going to be having all this talent and we're still looking and saying, well, hey, man, we got all the pieces to build a mansion, but we don't have the architect. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my concern with that as well. Uh, here's, what I, here's what I say to that. Kyle Shanahan, fine, but you know what? Steelers got Mike Tomlin. You know, Kyle, and, and, and he's a heck of a coach. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, just the year before, went six yeah. and ten. Mm-hmm. And and they had a lot of these same pieces. They had a lot of things. You, you, you mm-hmm. and, and that was with Jimmy Garoppolo. That was with the Jimmy Don't you know, they got no, they was banged up though. We, we, we ain't got like they won't end up. We, we we know that they, they had they lost a lot sure. of but, players. <laughs> but the Steelers with Devlin Hodges were eight and eight mm-hmm. and a game away from making the playoffs with mm-hmm. Devlin. Hodges and as 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 mediocre as as Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. is, he's light years ahead of Adele and Hodges. They were able to compete with that, and that was again with an aged offensive line. James Conner was your best running back, and along with Benny Snell, you uh, this can be a team that has a better offensive line than that, mm-hmm. that has a mediocre quarterback level, but a better running back, a much better defense, 
and can do and, and can do more damage there. And that's that's what I'm saying is that yeah, Kyle Shanahan a great coach and all that, but you know what? He's he's also fall, falling flat in some opportunities. And um, it, and this, this will be his what his sixth year in the NFL. Maybe mm-hmm. he's coming up on it. Maybe he'll figure it out soon. Maybe they'll maybe they'll put it together. That's why they went and got Trey Lance or something. Maybe they'll figure that out. But um, you know, Mike Tomlin's shown. I mean, back in the or the the when he first took over in the late 2000s, the Steelers didn't have some. The, the the killer bees they weren't a supreme offense they were a great defense that initially pounded you the ball with willie parker and then eventually mm-hmm. we're just kind of like hey we're just going to try to beat you however which way we can at the end of the game i think mike tomlin this is the style of team that he's always been been more be, better at coaching he prefers to have a defensive led team and when he had the offensive pieces he, he gave he put all the chips into that he got Le'Veon bell antonio brown superstar offensive line super you know, and we also he, had todd haley as well though that's true but they also had a lot of talent and he put it there yeah. i truly think that in that in this situation you're you're looking at the steelers and what they what they have a chance to put together mike tomlin he is better at coaching i, I think this is more suited to what he's used to coaching mm. and you you let him have that great defense and then build the offense with the offensive line the strong ground game and like i've been saying for for months now all you got to do is you put that together you keep working on that Next year, with that quarterback class, and when you have less question marks in the offensive line, less question marks in the defense, then you say, "All right, now we put our chips in. Now we trade, you know, two first, you know, next year's first, and the year after that's first to trade up and go get our guy in the earlier first round, whether it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Brandon Armstrong, or 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 you trade him for you know a Russell Wilson, a veteran quarterback who you really like, yeah. who's not thirty-eight, about to be thirty-nine <laughs> years old." Oh man, never a lack of passion when we have our buddy Chris Carter here on the show. So let's let's stick with this then. Is is there going to be let's let's say free agency plays out because this is the the time to do the hypothetical on this because free agency begins on March 16th. That's about a week away. And if the Steelers go out and splash big money on Mitch Trubisky, I don't think any of us think that all of a sudden they're going to trade up and take a quarterback or anything like that. They'll probably still draft one, but it certainly won't be on the first day of the draft and, and probably not even with a very high pedigree pick either. But let me let me ask you guys this. I'll start with you, Chris. Does it feel like any of the realistic options for the Steelers at 20 would be somebody that they would take, right? Like, Kenny Pickett ain't lasting that long. I don't uh, think so. I don't think I don't think Matt Coral's lasting that long. Malik Willis certainly feels like that was kind of the pipe dream for a while. He's not lasting that long. In in a weird way, does it feel like you either have to get a guy that you're comfortable with in free agency, or you might have to trade up from twenty? I I, I do feel like they're going to be sitting there saying you can't get the guy at twenty. And I don't think if this again, I think that this maybe you year, could get him at sixteen. Maybe it's not a huge leap, but right. But I don't think it's worth with this. Is, this is a very talented draft class, and and talented to the point where it's not just the twentieth overall pick you're looking at. Your second and third round picks could, could get you some really talented. There's speed, there's strength, there's quickness, there's athleticism. There's gonna be some really good dudes out there. I also think that there's another factor to this to play into this is that you know there's gonna be a lot of guys coming off into the NFL draft that are coming off of uh you know they're you know they got an extra year because of the covid waiver in ncaa mm-hmm. that's something to remember is that there's going to be guys that maybe a little bit more you know that's what kenny pickett is he's right. a, he would he wouldn't have been here if it was not for the covid waiver and now everyone's like oh yeah he's he's great let's let's add it you wouldn't have said that last year he would have been a fourth you know maybe fifth round pick At best, like, ah. yeah absolutely. right right and, and so 
I think that's going to add it as well. But I, I think the Steelers, they, this is not a year to trade up and go get that guy. If, they, if there were three or four guys, this was the 2017 NFL draft. Okay, different story. I'd be like, all right, this, the, you, know, this, the, you don't get this kind of a year too often. But I, I truly think that the position they'll be in, Wes, say two quarterbacks are taken off the board and only one of those top three guys is left, right? You're at least having two to three cornerbacks picked. You're probably having at least three to four offensive tackles picked. Yep. You're probably having four to five edge rushers picked. Yep. You're like eventually that all adds up to getting close to 20. So then, then you sit there and you say, well, do you have Tyler Linderbaum available? Is Zion Johnson available? Is Devin Lloyd available? Is Jordan Davis available? Are any of these guys who are definitely first round great, immediate plug and play, they're going to help fix your roster right now and maybe be part of the long-term puzzle of to your, to your next Super Bowl hopes. Are any of those guys worth passing up on to trade up and then lose your second and third round picks at other guys who can also be in that of that caliber later in the draft? I just don't think this is the class to do that. So I would not be trading up in this, in this group at all. So, Chris, going back to what uh, Kevin Colbert said <clears throat> at the combine, he's, he was very clear that he doesn't want to rebuild. He doesn't want to retool. Mm-hmm. He wants to compete for a Super Bowl mm-hmm. this season. He was very mm-hmm. clear in that wording. How can that happen then? based on what we've been talking about, because everything that you've said, everything that we've kind of said is still seeming like a two or three year window for us. Whereas if he's talking about trying to go this season, I don't think we're able to just sit back and wait and play the long game. I think that you have to be a little bit more aggressive, whether it's in free agency or in this draft. So if that is the true sentiment, how do you see that happening? The Steelers are a team that believes in in, in, in thinking and playing the long game. They believe in thinking the, the, the long term. They don't believe in just selling out everything for, for only one year and one shot. When he said that, the Steelers always operate that way. They always want to compete. They always want to be able to, to be to have a shot that if things roll the right way, they'll be battling. And and just like this year, you know, they they they, they was like, hey, we want to be able to go out there and like compete for the playoffs. And you know, if things roll our way, you'll 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 be doing great, which is again why. You know, I'm not saying that they don't they, they, they wouldn't entertain the idea of adding a, a quarterback into the mix. Like if something falls into their lap, it's great. That's awesome. But they don't want to mortgage their chance at putting together a more complete roster that will be even more competitive. You know, it create a a, a 50 percent chance or a, not even 50, a 33 percent chance at winning the Super Bowl this year. But then decrease that to like five percent in the years after when you can have a 15 percent chance if you don't make go, go get Aaron Rodgers and you add other pieces and then that increases to 30, 35, 40, 50% chance to, to try and have a shot at a Super Bowl because you've built an entire roster and then you've gotten your quarterback. And again, if the quarterback fall, falls in your lap, that's great, but that don't happen all the time. You know, there's not just teams willing to just give away Matt, Matt Stafford, you know, just, 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 just rolling around and, and in a situation that behooves you because you have a more completed roster. But I think they can put themselves in that situation after this season. And again, the guys that they're investing into, they can make them competitive this year. Say, say they go and get a J.C. Jackson. Say they they do that. They draft Devin Lloyd. They, they get Travis Jones, and, and they go and get like a they, they bring back Akella Witherspoon and Terrell Edmonds. Now you're sitting with a defense that's got two linebackers. You're really hyped about. They're athletic. Mm-hmm. They're talented in the middle. You have a stoke a, a, a deep defensive line. You got two starting cornerbacks, well three starting cornerbacks that you're happy with with Sutton. Your safeties are are back, and then you, maybe you go and get another edge rusher, and your defense has the potential to be elite next year and then you're like okay there's some there's something there and then and that the was the 2019 model when ben went down exactly Absolutely. 
Except mm-hmm. this time now, you'll have a running back to actually base that, that that offense off of. And again, I still think they need to invest in the offensive line, but you could do defense and offensive line and say, this team can be competitive. And, and, and for those who say, well, you can't win with just those if you have a mediocre quarterback, I, I say, look at the Niners. They they beat Darren Rodgers. Whoa, whoa, and that whoa, whoa. Was- well, Jimmy G is a mediocre. Jimmy G done went to the – Jimmy G got two Super Bowl championships, man. Y'all got to chill out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving you my face. I'm just, I'm just, if, if y'all can see the look that I'm giving Jimmy, listen, listen, don't, listen, don't listen. you talk about that two time Super Bowl champion, Jimmy listen, G like that, Jimmy, man. He got multiple appearances too, man. Y'all got to chill out on the Jimmy G. Jimmy G, Jimmy G is Olive Garden. Okay, boys. Ah, that's, a, that's a great comparison. If, if you've got Chef Boyardee in the pantry, Olive Garden and bottomless breadsticks sound delicious, right? <laughs> Give me the soup, baby. Let's go. Give me the soup and salad. But, Wait, but, are, are, are you but, saying Mason Rudolph is Chef Boyardee? Why would you just call him? No, no, don't you put words in my mouth. This is just, this is just, this is just a a a off the top of Euler's head example. Wow. But, if but if you're down in the strip district at Dianoya's, Olive Garden is eh, no thanks. Jimmy G is Olive Garden. Or Piccolo yeah. Forno. Oh man, that'd be that'd be so nice. <laughs> now we talking cousin. Yeah. But but that's but, but but that that's my whole thing with, with, with Jimmy G got to the NFC championship and has been to the, the NFC championship two of the last three years. If you compile a, a roster that, that has a that has a good offensive line, which again I think would take some free agent invest free agent investments, and I also think it would take take some draft picks. Um, along with the defense, but you can fix those two units if you do it right and if you focus on it. But if you trade away your first round picks and your second round picks and you spend $26 million in cap space on Aaron Rodgers, you make it that much harder to do both of those things and put yourself in a position where you can compete like the Niners or the Titans because they were a very similar model, Ryan and Tannehill and all that. You put yourself in a position where you could compete like that. And then eventually, next year, even, you can say, all right. Offensive line Let's set, go get our guy. set. Let's go get our guy. But you're not that. You're not that guy. You're not that one player away from being a Super Bowl champion this year. Yeah, you're one. And Aaron Rodgers, they'd be in the playoffs. But if that offensive line ain't fixed, Aaron Rodgers, he don't even have the 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 youth in Joe Burrow in him to be able to just take nine sacks. You know that that, that he had. Um, you know, and you wouldn't your run game would still be questionable because you don't have the the thing, and then your run defense would still be questionable because you're not sure how things are going to work out, and then your pass defense is going to be questionable because you didn't go and get two really good cornerbacks in free agency. There's just too many other holes. Address those holes first. Handle you know, build build your you know build the put build the foundation the in your house. You know, build the nest. Build, build put invest in your own home before you start going out and working on you know, buying fancy cars and stuff. You know, it's like you it's just it makes so much more sense to to build that foundation and then go get that guy that it takes to let's go get that guy bring him in and then you stink and then and then again here's the other part of this ask a green bay packer fan how they felt about aaron Rodgers in the, in the past four off seasons because in 2018 get rid of mike mccarthy or i leave 2019 you need to get me more talent 2020 you need to get me more talent 2021 i don't know if i want to be here anymore <laughs> you want that for two more years Pittsburgh? <laughs> chris you you mentioned the run game there Let's. I know Motsi loves talking about the quarterbacks. It's his favorite thing to do. But oh, it gets me going. You know that it gets me going. Um, a big part of that equation we all know has has been Stephon Tuit. Obviously, Tyson Alualu as well too. But Stephon Tuit, um, different reason for absences last year. Of One of the things Kevin Colbert said this week was that Stephon Tuit has expressed an a des- expressed a desire to play football in 2022. 
how, how much how much can you lean on Stefan to it? One to be available, and two to you know show similar type performance levels that we've seen from him in the past when he has been healthy. It, that's, that's a tough question because the Steelers have done a great job making sure that we don't know nothing about what's what's going on with Stephon. <laughs> that Tewitt. is the truth. Ain't that <laughs> the truth. Nobody knows, you know, how this man is and other than, you know, he's excited to get back to the team or he wants to, he has a desire to play football again. If you know, in your heart of hearts, if you know, in the back room of the Steelers that this dude's ready, ready to be back, you could, you, you could trust that, but I still, I still would not rule out if one of those top tier defensive tackles, Falls to you in the NFL draft this year. Yeah, you might have to take him because even beyond uh, Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward being a, a great pair this year, you want a guy who can be 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 with them, learn with them, be nasty with them, and then two years down the line, when Cam's you know a little bit longer in the tooth and Stephon Tewitt might be on the back end of his primeness, that you have the next guy waiting in the wings already. And while you're waiting for the, waiting for the wait, while he's waiting while he is waiting in the wings. He's dominating the, the the front with those guys. And then you're back to Javon Hargrave, Stephon Tewitt, and Cam Hayward, and you're thinking, oh, man, times couldn't be better. I think it would be worth a look. And I'm not saying just commit to defensive tackle to have that, but I'm saying that would be a very good thing to have. And that's why, yeah, bank on having Stephon Tewitt back if you know that he's, that he's coming back. But don't let that preclude you hmm. from looking at – any of those interior defensive line prospects, well the lineman prospects, because this is a really good year for that class as well. Now, Chris, we also saw a lot of these wide receivers in this class really step up, right? Really not just have productivity in terms of their collegiate seasons, but run extremely fast times in the combine. Now, we know in terms of the hierarchy or positioning, we can make a case that, hey, man, O-line or D-line or linebacker probably has a little bit more relevancy, but I still feel like the wide receiver room needs to be addressed. Seeing some of these guys run the way that they did, obviously the guy that me and Wes been talking about is Sky Moore. Does that change your feelings on potentially taking a receiver like him or one of these other higher end receivers in the second round or even potentially in that first round? Ah, uh, man, I, I've, I've wrestled with this a bit too because this was a very talented receiver class. Absolutely. I mean, there, there were guys that were just they, that were running way too fast. <laughs> way too fast like I, I even i'm like hey man just slow down like please i we, we we've we'd like to we'd like to enjoy this this list a little bit longer but in all seriousness when i look at this wide receiver class it's exciting to add one in the first round and even the second round but i i, I truly think there are guys in the third and fourth round range that you could get who would be really good additions to this roster who wouldn't cost you as much as a first round pick you know and i i want to see what's christian watson's value you know is he a guy that you that you know is he worth the second round pick you know sky Moore, did he put himself in that conversation uh but then there's even guys like alec pierce alec pierce is you know the, the numbers that he put up in the combine the stuff that he shows on tape you know that makes me you know what if he's around the third round then you're then you take your stab at wide receiver but I, i'm just with all the other needs that they have you know unless you know Garrett Sky Wilson. Moore sitting there to you in the second round. You're going to walk away from that? Uh, no, no, it's not Sky Moore. Yeah, he's, he's in that no, conversation, him and Chris. Okay. But I'm saying yeah. in the first round, like, you know, if Chris Olave or, or one of those guys falls in the first round, that's tough to pass up. But I, I would think I could I could live without that if I'm able to uh, if, if I'm able to to go to go get a, an important piece in another position, you know, linebacker, defensive tackle, you know, one of those offensive line. 
And then in the second, third round, I can get Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Calvin Austin, the third, Alec Pierce. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent like that in this year. You know, even if you wait later, you know, I think there's guys that are, that are around here that, that are good value. I just no need to, to throw away these other top tier talents when you could get that wide receiver talent later. We also know the Steelers could just pick guys out of junior college and just make them superstar wide receivers. Well, <laughs> not anymore, because who, do, who are we missing? We true. have Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. So I feel like we have to wait and see if that can be proven still right now. Because I was, I was making a joke, but geez, Mo, uh, yeah, down my throat. Yeah, it, it just hurts my heart now, man. I got anxiety behind this thing because I want us to be great. Chris, he just wants to talk you, about the quarterback. The same way Chris. you like you, the same way you feel about that hell to pit. I saw you on a Kenny Pickett train. I, I felt that. That's how I feel about this still a train. It's like, man, come on, man. We got to be great, man. We got to get it back. And I'm just concerned that <laughs> this might not happen right now, man. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> Listen, you guys, you guys know Greg Cosell, right? Absolutely. Yes. NFL films, 40 some years. He sat down with us on radio row this week and he said something that I thought was very pertinent. He said, he said, not having a franchise quarterback in the NFL is like not having a significant other, Right. The longer you go without one, the more desperate you get for one. And then all of a sudden, you know, some quarterbacks who might be a six or a seven start looking like tens. Tens. Yeah, that's mm. a great point. That's a great mm-hmm. point. You, you mm-hmm. got so, so you got to be careful with that, all right? You can't put the cart before the horse. You, you got to let it happen when it's supposed to happen. Chris, we got just a couple minutes left here, buddy. Last one I've got for you. Right. You, you mentioned the, the depth, the value that's available at offensive line, it feels like now. And I completely agree with you on that. With what we saw um, from a lot of these guys, both interior and tackles, as it relates to the offensive line this past week at the Combine, would you feel more confident about not going that direction in round one because what might still be available to you there on day two? I mean, a little bit, yeah. Like, again, it's just going to be about who falls to you. And this was the same reason why I wasn't all about Najee Harris just because I thought that Najee Harris was God or anything last year. Because I, I was on Najee Harris as, as the team's first-round pick last year. But it's because when I was just lining up needs of the teams ahead of them, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be gone, that guy's going to be gone, that guy's going to be gone. I was just like, man, the only position that I think that's a real need where of true value is going to be there is the best they get the first pick at is running back. And Najee Harris just fits exactly what the Steelers need right now in so many ways. So I, I look at that this year and it's like, you know, offensive tackle. Equan is probably going to go first overall top five. Same thing for Evan Neal. They're in the same conversation. Yep. I'd say Charles Cross puts himself there and Trevor Penning's athleticism probably put himself in, in that conversation as well. So at that point, you're not taking a, the fifth offensive tackle in the first round. That's just ridiculous. So then you got to look to your interior offensive line. Well, is Tyler Linderbaum going to be going to be there? People are excited about him. Is Kenyon Green going to be there? I don't know. I actually didn't like some of the ways that Kenyon Green tested. Is Zion Johnson going to be there? That, then it's the question. You know, are you getting are you getting the, you know a top a guy who's you know a guy who you view, view as the best player of his class at his position? Um, because you could get the third best or the fifth best at those positions, whereas you could get the best linebacker, you can get the best defensive tackle, you can get the best, you know, the, the, if Linderbaum's there, you get the best center. That's what it to me is about is finding where that value is. I also think, you know, don't, don't, don't lose track of cornerback because I think Derek Stingley and Andrew Booth Jr. will go, but Ahmad Gardner 
he he's going to be mm-hmm, going yeah. to be someone in that play as well. So to me, it's just stay best player available. That's what Kevin Goldberg did has done throughout most of the his career as GM of the Steelers. That's what you can do to make sure that you're finding success, and that's how you build not just for this season, but also for the future, so that you're not competing just this year, but you're competing and then eventually contending down the line. All right, so. Final one for me, man. Ooh. Seeing a guy like Devin Lloyd obviously run a lot slower than expected. Yeah. If he potentially falls to us at 20, are you hesitant about getting him now because of the not testing so well? Or do you still feel like, man, the tape shows that this guy's a big time playmaker and you say, you know what? I like this guy in terms of his value at 20. Uh, you know, it did make me a little hesitate a little bit, you know, not running like in the four, four, four fours. I, I, I was I was a little bit more hesitant there. But I still feel like on tape, I mean, a four six six isn't a bad linebacker time. Right. It's not that it's not lightning fast. It's not what you want. You know, uh, it makes it does make me ask hey, questions. E- e- easy on the four six speed. Now, some of us on this call might have had four <laughs> six three four six four laser just throwing it out there. Not gonna say who, but one of us up here might have did that. So just be careful with that. It was four, me. Six, it was me. I was gonna All say, right. Wes, Wes, you ran a four six man. That's crazy. <laughs> Look at the uh, not at my Chris at my, at my size. I need to be running a, a four yeah, two yeah, five. Yeah, you, you're not hauling that much weight. Most, most, but, but, most before of we start talking about a guy not being fast, that's what we said. Before we start talking about that, just, just ah. But I, I, I am intrigued. Honestly, I was really surprised about Christian Harris's testing modes. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely, man. I pegged him as being a more of a four six linebacker. Um, but mm-hmm. then when, when I a four point four four, you looked at that. That was I was like, whoa, that's uh now were you surprised at how small he was though in terms of his weight? I yeah. think he was at 226. I thought he was a lot thicker. I thought he was in that 240-ish range, and I shared that same sentiment, four, five, four, six. And I thought Devin Lloyd was gonna be the opposite, 226, yeah. run that four, three, four, four. Absolutely. And that that I was surprised because because the, the way Christian Harris looked on tape, he's like he's physical, he gets to the point of attacking the run game. That's exactly what he is. But now you're telling me he's fast and he was he was one of the most explosive guys in the combine. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had 11, 11 foot broad jump. That's Ridiculous. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> that's, like, crazy. that's crazy. That's, that's insane. So, I mean, it does it ask questions. Yeah, it does. And now you got to reevaluate things. If you're the Steelers um, and, and see if, if Devin Lloyd at 20 makes sense, but then you start asking a question, Hey, can we pick up another second round pick? Is there, is there someone who's itching to get Malik Willis so bad that they're willing enough to get a, give him a second. And we just move back like, you know, five to eight spots in the first round. That's a, that That's an interesting question because then you're saying, okay, not only do you get Devin Lloyd in the first round, but then you can, avo- you can afford, you know, maybe Travis Jones and an offensive lineman or, or, you know, something along those lines or, you know, get your receiver and the offensive line or the, or the cornerback that you want. So I, I Devin Lloyd's test speed, speed did concern me, but, it didn't deserve. It didn't make me say, ah, you know, don't consider the guy. He's he's not going to do it because he also was one of the strongest in in this linebacker class. Um, so you know, I'm I'm in, I'm still intrigued at going at linebacker and saying, hey, these are one of the guys that 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 need to be tested. Whew! Always a bunch to get to with our buddy Chris Carter. Kind enough to lend us way too much of his time here on a Monday, Chris. We appreciate you as always, buddy. Make sure you're subscribed, folks, to the Locked On Steelers podcast. As always, if you consider yourself a Steelers junkie and you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, well, guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Make sure you show our guy some love as he's kind enough to join us here just about every single week on the show. Thank you, CC, and we'll talk soon. Mama. Mama. (laughs) 
going to take a break here. We'll be back to close out the show with more combine thoughts on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.